0: in brothers and sisters in the faith you are on fan the flame podcast i'm your host scott tillay um guys something very peculiar is happening today i don't know how many of you are aware of this but today is my 40th birthday! Happy birthday to me! Happy birthday to me! How many of you actually celebrate yourselves on your birthday? I want you to honestly take inventory of that. Have you ever truly celebrated God's provision over your life? The very fact that you are breathing and you've made it to another birthday is a blessing in and of itself, and God has given you another reason to give great adoration of his love for you. It's it's okay. It's okay to celebrate yourself. Um, I am going to do some of the things that I'm passionate about today. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get a motorcycle ride in, hopefully, and I'm going to do some fishing. So look, it's okay to celebrate. I took the day off of work today because we already had Monday off and I thought, you know what? I haven't enjoyed myself just Planned a day to chill on my birthday and do some things that I would love to do ever, and so I turned 40 today, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna do that. And um, if it were available to, to be able to hang out with my family all day, I would. But they're not being slackers like me; they're at school and work. So uh, I'm gonna enjoy the day with Holy Spirit. We're gonna do some things um, that I really love to do, and I'm not gonna feel guilty about that. And so. Anyway, man, uh, if I have one birthday wish, it would be that everybody that that listens to this podcast that um, has met me face to face, has uh, maybe seen this podcast on YouTube is that if you have not yet, my wish is that you would come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior over your life. That is my one wish for my birthday is that everyone That would meet me in the streets, everyone that would see what's going on um, in my world, in my life, that they would see Jesus in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's my wish. That's my only want in this life is that I represent Jesus and represent him well. And for you to come to the knowledge of who he is, because guys, at the end of the day, he is all that is truth. He's the only truth and his will, not my want his way. Uh, not my will. And so I just I honor so much um, all of the truth that Christ brings um, to my life and and that he's blessed me with over these 40 years of living on this rock that is um, three from the sun. And uh, I've been blessed. I have been so blessed with so many great people in my life. God has literally I feel spoiled uh, with the people that he's allowed me to be um, a part of um, their lives and they be a part of my lives and the the people that I've met, the beautiful people in ministry, the beautiful people in life. And I'm just elated to be able to be, you know, be alive. Uh, there's so many things I have yet to do, but there's so many things I can look back because this is a milestone. I can look back and say, wow, God, you know, look how far you've brought me from this punk kid who thought he had it all figured out, that carried an attitude and anger and um, the life of the party in the wrong ways. And to this man whom he is um, tenderized my heart, he has given me brand new perspective on life. He has made me a father two times over, a husband. I'm trying not to get choked up. Um, he's given me the best friends, the best uh, ministry purpose a guy could ever ask for. Um, and given me multiple platforms to speak his truth, um, given me multiple thousands of people to speak that truth to um, with a microphone in my hand or or over the airwaves. And I'm just, man, I feel like I'm so blessed. I feel like I'm the richest man in the world. You know, um, I've never really um, thought, you know, that that I would be Where I am now and I and and I haven't arrived like there's so many more things that I know that the Lord has for me and my family and Me personally and those around me and the promises are true The promises that he's spoken over my life are true and I will see them come to life I will see them come to pass because he is the same God today yesterday and forevermore. I will still see miracles I will still see signs wonders I will still see all the good things of Christ Jesus. I will still see salvation in the lives of those around me. I will still see um, prophecy unfold. I will still see so many things, and I am elated to be able to be a part of that. And I feel like I have a full life, y'all. I feel like my life has been full. Um, That's the greatest way I can um, say it. And yeah, has it been trials and tribulations? Two thousand percent but he has remained faithful through all of them. And it is because of people like you guys that he's put in my life to be um, a part of um, a part of my life and, and a part of um, what I've, what I've been blessed to witness and and see. And so I thank I thank you guys for all your support and all your love and all your encouragement. And um, man, I, I really didn't know where to take this tonight other than a couple places. I wanted to just, Give God glory for the time on this earth that I've had and give God glory for the next 40, 80, what whoa, whoa, 80, 40, 60, however many more years he sees fit for me to have. Um, I just truly am blessed to be to be here and to be inside his will. That's the safest place for me to be is inside the will of God. And so, Jesus, I just give you praise. I just thank you for being such a good, 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 good Father. And I thank you for what's coming. I thank you for what we're in right now, the season that we're in. I thank you for the things coming. I thank you for the things past. And I thank you for your wisdom, for your understanding, and for um, man, the knowledge that you've just imparted to the believer as we seek you. You're such a good, good friend. I think that we forget that, Jesus, that you are our friend. You are one who walks with us. And and shows us great and mighty things which we had not seen yet, and just continues to remind us of your love. And so tonight, I just want to give you all glory and all praise for what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to do, where you're taking us. Amen. So it wouldn't be a podcast of mine anyway without talking about Scripture. And so I prayed about what I could talk about on this episode, um, on this beautiful Tuesday where, um, it is 40 years, man, 40 years on this earth. That's a trip. I can't even begin to comprehend God's faithfulness in my life. Y'all, it it has been, um, a journey. Um, and so I think I kind of wanted to start with that, like what that's looked like for me. Some of you may not know my story. Some of you may know my story. Some of you may know bits and pieces of my story. Some of you may know all of my story, but I think it's always good to give God Um, glory in the testimony that he's allowed us to be a part of and walk in. And so I, you know, this is my story of 40 years. Okay. And I'm going to condense it. And then I'm going to give you two scriptures that I want you to meditate on. That would be another wish for my birthday, that you would lock these words away in your heart from these scriptures. that I'm going to share with you after this, this short testimony or long, however, Holy Spirit wants to navigate this purposeful time together. And so, yeah, uh, I was born into a family where I was really loved, had a, a, an older brother whom I love, he's my hero. He's a he's everything that I wanted to be growing up and um I'm super thankful for that. God blessed me um with an amazing brother who was who was actually born on October 15th and so we're only 360 days apart and I'm looking at, you know, I'm thinking about the birthdays in October in my family, my brother-in-law, my nephew, myself, my brother, um, uh, my dad, all of us share October birthdays. And, and I know I'm forgetting others, but those are people that are really close and that that I, um, that I can remember <laughs> at this moment. Um, so yeah, um, gave me a, an amazing brother to grow up with, gave me two older sisters that are absolutely phenomenal in every single way. You've heard me talk about them in a couple other episodes, but um i've just been blessed with the best man i cannot stress that enough i have been blessed with the best and god really gave me purpose early on i was a young kid um growing up in a small community in buckland kansas and just striving for a place right now i'm pretty good at sports pretty athletic so i kind of made that my identity right off the bat very early i played a lot of baseball obviously uh when when um junior high hit we played football and ran track and played basketball and i just kind of built my life around those things and um how many of you know that you know um how many of you know that you know how many of you know that when you you know build your life around something that's not eternal it's like sinking sand and you know i was blessed to be able to go to college and play football um for two years and you know had a knee injury kind of knew that it was probably going to be over after my second season but i you know i i I did the best I could with what I had. And, um, I kind of found myself in a place of in between, you know, didn't know where I wanted to go, but I was having a lot of fun, what I thought was fun drinking at the time and, and experimenting with new things and, you know, uh, girls and, and drinking and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, that went on well into my twenties, um, met my, met my, who is now my wife at, uh, 20, uh, 22 years old and ended up um she was she became pregnant after five months of knowing each other and i'm skipping a lot of stuff guys you know there's there's bits and pieces of this story that i probably just don't have time for you know but i can see god's hand of provision over so many areas of my life where i should have been you know either dead or or incapacitated in some some sense of the word in some way but god's hand uh of of just Protection, as as all I can uh, allude to, is his protection was over my life, my entire life, and still is. Even yet, while I was a sinner, Christ died for me, and so I can look back in that verse, and I, it makes me just almost emotional every time I think about it. Like even when I was in the midst of my sin, the worst sin I could ever think of, you know, I he died for me. He was thinking of me. Um, he was desiring more for me, and. It's Christ Christ alone, man, the cornerstone. I can't allude that to anything other than his tremendous grace, his his um ridiculous grace, I think would probably be the best way to sum that up because I wouldn't have saved me. I would not have died for me, I'll put it that way. And I don't have a problem saying that because I was everything I didn't want to be. Everything in me told me I should go another way, and I went, you know, the opposite way of of the way I believe that the Lord would have me be going. I remember in high school, God putting thoughts in my heart, which I know now was him. I didn't know then. I just knew that it was weird and I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't think anybody would believe me. And the devil really used that against me. You know, you don't hear from God. You that wasn't him. That was your own thought. And I can remember in times of desperate need, whether it was. You know, my dad working all the time or my mom um, battling her addiction, I felt alone, you know, and the, and the Lord would just swoop in and he would remind me of his love for me. And I didn't know what it was. So I I wasn't growing in it. I wasn't seeking. So it was really hard for me to understand what that was. And I think that so many of us can actually hear the voice of the Lord, even when we're not actively seeking him. But we don't recognize his voice because we don't know him as the good shepherd yet. Jesus says these things like I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Well if we don't know his voice we're not going to follow him and that's how I was. I was living in a life of sin, debauchery, drunkenness and I, so it was really muffling my ears to be able to hear him correctly and do the things that he had called me to do. You know, I don't I can't say, you know, I wish I would have or I wish I could have because those days are gone. God wants to use my testimony now and i don't I don't dwell in the past that that is what it is it's gone, and God has turned my mess into a message. He's turned my test into a testimony, and I am forever grateful for that and so you know, as I grew up, you know as Cass and I began to try to navigate life together with this new life form, you know five months after knowing her, she becomes pregnant. We met in the bar by the way, I know some of you know that, and some of you don't, and that was our lifestyle at the time we were just bar flies and and that's where we met that's where we ended up um you know starting a relationship and and 5 months later there's this life form growing inside of her and i'm scared to death you know i'm going to be a dad and i didn't know anything about being a dad i just knew uh, i had a pretty great dad you know um guy liked to work a lot and but i was always provided for and he showed me hard work ethics so i thought that you know what i can just use this work ethic that i've been grafted into and i can just grind it out and i'll be everything he needs to be well how many of you know that when you're working all the time, you're not hanging out with your kids? And, and so that became apparent to me. I was, being, I was, according to world standards, very successful at a job, had a lot of money in my account, had a couple different cars, owned a house. But I was absolutely miserable. I did not know the meaning of life, and I could not figure out for the life of me after being successful with, with material things and wealth, why I was not feeling the peace and contentment that my heart desired. I didn't know. And it's because, again, as that that voice was knocking on the door of my heart, I was so closed off because I was still indulging in these other things, these other sinful behaviors. And it became a point to where I became so depressed because how many of you know that when you know the right thing to do, but you're living the wrong thing, you're the most miserable person in the entire world. There's nobody more miserable than somebody who knows what they're supposed to be doing and they're doing the exact opposite. And that was my life for much of my life, and I could come up with the greatest excuses as to why, and you know, my mother was an addict, or you know, uh, my father was always on the truck, and I and I would use these things to my advantage to get what I wanted, you know, to get to get people to feel sorry for me, so I could continue in the lifestyle of sin that I knew that was wrong. Okay, and so I did that for years, and I was a terrible husband, and I was a terrible, you know, not a. I'm a I, probably wasn't the greatest father because I didn't treat this child's mom the way that she deserved to be treated. We, you know, she's two years into our relationship. We still, I still haven't put a ring on her finger and and I don't care who this offends, but men, if, if, if your woman that you're with is good enough to have your baby, but not your last name, you need to check your heart. I said what I said because I was that guy and I can speak to that. And so if she's good enough to have your child, but not your last name, there's something wrong. I can pinpoint what it was for me. I can pinpoint that I was very insecure. I didn't think that I was ever going to measure up. I didn't think that I would be a great husband. And you know what? Those thoughts essentially became the reality of my life because I didn't deal with them and I didn't repent of what I was doing. And so, you know, the first two years of our marriage was, you know, not good. And it, it started to fail. I could see the cracks in the foundation and there was nothing I could do about it. And so, here I am, you know, almost mid twenties and wondering, wow, am I going to have a divorce at 25, 26 years old and be a statistic just like, you know, my parents had divorces and everybody else's parents I knew had divorces. Like, is that going to be my life? And, you know, um, I laid on this bed of depression and anxiety for months, if not years. I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that after studying and, and listening and looking, you know, I was probably dealing with depression and, and, uh, For anybody out there that's dealing with that, there is absolute hope in Christ Jesus. He's going to ask you to lay some things down. My depression came from the wrong view of myself. And I can't view myself correctly. And you can't view yourself correctly if you're not looking at Jesus. Because he's the one who identifies us. He's the one who gives us clarity and understanding. And if we're trying to find those things in our own rights, and our own minds, then we're just going to miss it. And so I had to really learn in that season what it meant to lay my life down so that Jesus Christ can become my king. And there's no going back for me. I I didn't try Christianity. I didn't try Jesus. And if it's for me, it's for me. I didn't try it and dip my toes in the water at the pool of Siloam. I jumped in and I was like, I'm taking this as far as the Lord will let me take it. I'm doing this until my last breath. And that has been my consistent Um, reckoning within myself um, since that day and or since that time. And so people will say things, well, when did you know? When did you know? When was that moment you just surrendered everything to Jesus? And I tell people the same thing every day. The moment is every single day. I cannot tell you that I sit and pray to prayer and I ask the Lord to come into my heart and because I couldn't find biblical reasoning for that to be my reality. Now, I'm not saying that that's not possible. I'm not saying that if you gave your life to Jesus at an altar call that it wasn't real. It absolutely is your experience, but mine was different. Mine was a place where the, the Lord had to take me and cut all these things off of me that I had acquired myself so that he can grow good fruit within me. And all these dead branches that I was trying to grow fruit from, from that were just not fruitful, he began to chop those away and it hurt. But I knew at the other side of this depression, at the other side of this anxiety, that there was going to be something greater than myself. And so I had to literally die to everything that I knew the identity that I had made for myself, the puppeteering of my life that I had allowed the enemy to subdue me to. I had to cut all those strings and say, Jesus, I don't care how long it takes. I'm yours, and I was going through this process, and I and I actually used to sleep with my Bible because I thought, well, maybe I'll soak this thing in through osmosis, and and the word will get inside of me, and and I will start to change. And you know, the weird thing about it is, is I did even through all the things that were going on, I, excuse me, I still began to feel the Lord's tangible presence in me and change my heart. And so this is kind of the part of the testimony where it gets really personal for me. Um, as I began to give the Lord everything and not just a few things, but just really relinquish control of all of my life. Um, he began to show me some exploits in my life that I had never experienced, never knew that were possible for me. And, you know, as I'm trying to go through this transition, my wife and I are trying to work on our marriage and look, we were, we were, and I'm leaving this part out, not entirely, but you know, um, I, for for time's sake, you know her 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 my marriage was just on the rocks it was terrible um and I wasn't the husband that she needed, she wasn't the wife that I needed, and it was just a mutual disrespect for one another and it was just not good it was the enemy was having his way in our marriage and y'all I'm telling you right now, God loves marriage, he honors marriage, he honors marriage when it's done the right way between a man and a woman for life and um that's what i I couldn't get past this point of of man, you know, um, if he doesn't step in and do something like this is just, it's, it's over, you know? And so I would pray and I would get drunk and I would pray. And I would, so how many of you know that the Lord is not, um, limited to us by our sin. That's why we're able to quote scripture exactly like that. Say that, that this says, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. He can penetrate anywhere that our heart is open for him to come into. And that's what I did. Even drunk, I was still praying. And so what I began to see is the Lord was tangibly making my heart softer toward my wife, toward uh, my life, toward myself. You know, I love where Jesus says that um, uh, love God, you know, uh, with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, and, and love others as you love yourself. So, so I began to understand this love of oneself once I started to lay down my life for other people, people like my son, people like my wife, and and he began to show me just great and mighty things. He began to put things into perspective that I had been longing to understand my entire life, you know, um, because as as a child and when you when you uh, see things that that you know God um, really wants to shield us from, but you know in free will for other people like sometimes it just happens people uh people are not perfect and and when you know the things that i saw as a child and the things that other people see as a child this trauma builds up and if you don't deal with it it'll ultimately deal with you let me say that again if you don't deal with your stuff if you don't deal with your trauma it will ultimately deal with you and that's where i was but but I saw the Lord's hand tangibly working and I saw him molding and grafting a uh, a commitment within me to my marriage that I had never experienced before and and I I kept you know kept trying to reason with him every reason why her and I shouldn't be together and and he lovingly gave me the choice like y- yeah you can do that but you're not going to have my best if you do and so anyway he he started to tangibly work within our marriage and next thing you know we're we're in a good place, you know, and we're, while we're in this good place, um, I remember distinctly being, um, I was in the room in, in my bedroom, reading the, reading the word and, and casting was, you know, in the, in the, in the bathroom, you know, getting ready f- for bed. And I, I heard the Holy spirit, like it was a moving, it was a touching, it was an unction rather from him saying, you need to be open with your wife about all the things that you've done. You know, and I'm like, all the things you mean, like everything, like if I tell her this, you know, I remember thinking, I remember I actually probably said this out loud. Lord, if I tell her everything, the marriage that you just restored is going to be broken again. And I I sat on it for 10 minutes and she still didn't come to bed yet. So I I thought, well, if she doesn't come to bed in 10 minutes, I'll go tell her, you know, and it was just that it was eating me alive. The conviction of the Holy Spirit was so strong in that bedroom that I could not even really breathe without um, talking to her about what I felt he was asking me to talk with her about. And so I did. I went to her. Uh, I confessed everything. And what I thought was going to be the end of our relationship was actually just the beginning. The Lord honored my truthfulness to my wife. And I know that this is going to touch some gentleman's heart tonight that's that's listening to this podcast. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing more beautiful um more honoring than being real with your wife, just being completely open and honest and transparent with everything, every fault, every failure, and going to her with the unction of the Lord and the leading of the Lord, and breaking that down for her um and allowing him to bring it out of you because confession brings um restoration without confession. You can forget about restoration because you're always going to be hiding something, always feeling like you have to cover, just like in the Garden of Eden when they ate the forbidden fruit, they had to cover themselves. That's the same way we are when we try to cover our sin and we don't let the light come in and expose the darkness within us. Because when that happens, you know, when the the light comes in and exposes the darkness, then healing can begin to happen. But until that point, it can't. And so that's what I did. I unloaded it. And, you know, instead of getting hit upside the head with a frying pan, which I deserved every bit of that. And, and instead of getting pushed over in the bathtub and the water turned on and, you know, knocked out in there and finding my way to this, you know, to the seashore by swimming. um, She forgave me you all like she forgave me. And uh, the beautiful thing about God is He has no limitations because this was a woman whom um, was still yet to come to full belief in her faith. She was kind of like, you know, is this real? Is this not? Is this man really changed? You know, and she wasn't like full fledged in yet. And so he used somebody who was skeptical to forgive. His grace moved through somebody who wasn't all in yet to still forgive this broken sinner. And I knew that moment on that my life was going to be different because I had received grace. I had received forgiveness. And the Lord is the only one that I can um, give glory to Like for that. He truly showed up in a way that I didn't deserve. I didn't know he could. And he made himself so real to me in that moment that I could not deny his truth and his existence in my life. And so that opened the door for me, man. I was like, okay, I'm all in. I don't care what it looks like, how bad it gets. I'm in. And there's been seasons y'all since then that it's been absolutely crazy. My life has not looked the same in one season from the next. There's been highs, there's been lows, there's been in-betweens. There's been, um, well, I feel like days where I'm running in reverse with, you know, the reverse light on going backwards when I'm trying to go forward and, that's life. But the beautiful thing about that life is that Christ Jesus is with me the whole entire time. I'm never taking this journey alone. I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. And you in Christ Jesus are not alone. I don't care if he's asking you to confess. I don't care if he's, if he's asking you to, you know, to move forward, like he's with you. And so that's kind of what happened. And, And here's the crazy thing, right? This is pretty cool. Um, so that happened in, I think, uh, July or August of 2010. Um, and we had been, uh, trying to have an, another baby for four years. You know, Caden was, was five, four or five years old at this point, And we were trying to have a baby it just didn't happen, didn't happen. And every doctor we went to, you know, was like, I don't know what's wrong. You know, I had test ran on me. She had test ran on her. We found out she had in, in, endometriosis and, Um, so it it was a big, you know, it was a big shock and a big blow to us was like, man, we're, we're only going to have one child. And then I began to kind of get to a place where I was okay with it. I was like, man, this one kid's, uh, very healthy. Nothing's wrong with him. Um, it's going to be a lot less, um, a lot, you know, a lot less expensive with one kid than two. So, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, I was all right with it. And, you know, of course at that time, all of Cassie's friends were having babies and, she she thought she was forgotten and and um so that this is obviously after God fully restored our marriage and put us on the path of righteousness with him Cassie gets radically tra- transformed and and we get baptized together June 22nd 2010 and um uh 2011 yeah anyway um both, we both get baptized together and um the Lord began to just show us some crazy things together about our lives and where it would be and Uh, Anyway, we're trying to have this baby, right? We're, we're we're continuing trying this, this path of being fruitful, multiplying and hitting roadblocks and hitting walls. And she's becoming very, very, very um, aggravated at the Lord, you know? And so I I told her, I said, you know, have you ever just thanked God for the baby that we do have? that's healthy, you know? And it was probably the wrong thing to say at that time, because she kind of snapped back at me like, I want another baby. All my kids, all my friends are having babies. And I understood that, you know, I I will never understand as a woman what it's like to uh, be told those things but i also know the god of miracles and he'll open up wombs literally he is the god who heals and he will open up wombs and so i speak that tonight on any woman that may come across this tonight or today or whatever um may your womb be open in the name of jesus christ and may you receive uh, conception um and so yeah just take that word tonight and so, anyway, we were going through all these things and we were going to doctor after doctor. And this, you know, it was just heartbreak after heartbreak. She started taking these $1,200 shots, you know, and just couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. And so, um, finally, I just like, I stopped worrying about it. I was like, I'm just not going to worry about it anymore. You know, I know God's going to bring us another child. I don't know when, I just know it's going to happen. And so, Cass kind of finally got to the point where she had come to me and she said, Babe, I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay with Caden. He's healthy. You know, everything's okay with him. And I'm finally okay with just having one child. I said, that's terrific, babe. I'm so happy for you that you've come to that knowledge and that you're thankful for what the Lord has given us. And she said, Yeah, I am. He's he's blessed us. You know, we are blessed. And I'm I'm realizing that. And I couldn't be more happier, right? Well, almost like two weeks from the day she says this, I'm outside weed eating. And I'm going over, you know, the the sidewalk by the flower bed and I could hear, I could kind of see her out of the corner of my eye, but I don't know what she's doing. I just know she's wailing with her hands in the air and I kind of look up and I see that she's crying and I'm like, oh, I better stop the weed eater. So I stop the weed eater and I walk over there. I'm like, what's going on? Are you okay? And she just starts bawling and she says, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what? And so my, my world kind of stops for I'm like, I hear that, right? Like, I was like, wait, wait, I need proof. So she shows me the PT and, you know, um, after the last doctor's report that we went to, he just basically looked at my wife before this, uh, before this test was taken, he, you know, and he said, you're just not going to get pregnant. I don't know what's wrong. I can't fix you in those kind of words. Like that's kind of, and so it, we left the doctor's office very discouraged and, and I grabbed her that day and I said, I don't care what any doctor says, if God wants us to have another child, we will have another child. And I remember speaking those words to my wife and we left. And I remember we were in garden city. We left, we get home and you know, a month later, all this transpires. And so she becomes pregnant with, with whom, whom we have as miss B Bailey. And, um, uh, I remember my mom calling me one day. I knew that God was going to give me a little girl, guys. I just, I knew it. I prayed for it. I knew he was going to give me a little girl. I did not doubt that for one moment. That's what I was getting. And it wasn't that I deserved it. It's just that I knew what, his, what he promised me. And so my mom calls me one day with a con- confirmation. She says, I was in church today and I was praying for you guys. And I got a vision. I'm like, oh, let's hear it. She said, you guys are going to have a little girl in here to name her Bailey. And I just received that prophecy. I received that. I received that prophecy and I went home. I told Cassie or I told Cassie, I forgot the phone, like we're going to have a little girl. And so this whole time she's trying to decide whether she wants to find out or she doesn't. I said, I don't want to know because I already know. I don't want to go to the doctor and, you know, dance with the sonogram thing. And, you know, I said, I'm good. I I know I'm getting my girl. And, you know, so she she finally comes to the conclusion that she's not going to find out either. And. So we didn't. And, you know, December 12th, or excuse me, December 26, 2012, we have this beautiful baby girl show up to the world and life has been crazy ever since. (laughs) And so that was 10 years ago this December, or that was 11 years ago. My goodness. I'm sorry, B. That was 11 years ago this December where this, where God had given us this miracle child and uh, two miracle child, really. I mean, I, Caden's no, no less of a miracle child than her. God knew what I needed to calm me down and get me in the right perspective with him. And so I'm forever grateful for being a father at 40 years old. I, I did not see this you know, coming. I honestly thought I would be the guy who just never had kids, never got married. And guys, God's good. He has different plans for us and we have to trust those plans. And so here we are. Here we are, and we're striving. We're plugging away. We're putting our hands to the plow. And we're not looking back. And I, I'm so thankful for where the Lord has me right now. And so that that's condensed testimony. If you want the juicy stuff, you know, um, come find me face-to-face over coffee. I'll, I'll tell you about. I don't like to dwell on the debauchery. Like, I don't like to dwell on that life because I don't even, that guy's dead. I don't even know who he is. I have no clue who this man of the past is. I don't. Uh, again, as I said, we put our hands to the plow. We're not looking back. We're actually facing forward because we want our rows to be straight for the fruit that we're going to see in the harvest, and that's where we're going. You know, whether it looks like anybody else thinks it should look or not, I'm not. I'm I'm less and less every day concerned with the appeal of man, because I'm striving for the approval of God, and. That's it man. I it doesn't have to look like anybody else thinks it should look and that's not me being vain or me being you know any type of way. I just I have to be concerned with the things of the kingdom of heaven because if I'm not if you're not then we're going to get really fixated on the things of the world and when that happens we miss the blessings that God has for us. And I don't want to miss a single blessing. I don't want to miss a single correction. I don't want to miss a single rebuke from him. I don't want to miss a single teaching from him, a teachable moment. I want to be teachable. And I want to be in a place of great despair before him. That way I can receive everything that I need. I want desperation for God. I want to be desperate for him. And that's truly, I think, what gets the attention from heaven is when we're desperate for God. And so that's a condensed version again. But I I wanted to share two scriptures with you tonight and then we'll jump off here. Um, The first one is... This comes from. So these are my these are probably my two favorite verses in all the Bible, and I probably say that every time I preach. This is my favorite verse, but these two I've they have lingered with me since the beginning of ministry, and I have not forsaken them. I I just I want to see them. I want to see them every day, every hour, every moment. And the first one we'll start in the Old Testament comes from uh, Psalm thirty or Psalm thirty-four, um, verse eight, and this says that oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in him taste and see guys there's so much goodness that the lord has for us to devour to desire and to be a part of if we'll just taste and see how good he is the blessings just fall like rain man and sometimes you don't even have to look for them they just hit you in the face like The glory of God, the presence of God is where he is wanted. And when we want to taste him, when we want to grab that juicy bite of that ribeye and just, you know, taste and see for ourselves, I can't, I cannot taste from somebody else's plate. I'm not to do that. I'm to taste from my own plate and my own relationship with him. And I will see the blessings come and I will see his provision in my life. And I will see the things that he has promised over my life come to pass. And he wants the same for you. And the second verse that we're going to talk about and end with tonight is Romans eight nineteen, And I want to read to you from the King James Version. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Some scriptures in the Bible, some translations say, for the whole earth is waiting with outstretched necks for the sons and daughters of Yahweh to be revealed. All of creation, grass blades, mountains, lakes, rivers, people, dogs, cats, all animals of all sizes and all shapes, the whole creation is awaiting with outstretched necks. Like they're like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen for the sons and daughters of Yahweh to be revealed? Whew. If that don't get you moving, I don't know what will. Like the world's waiting for you. To taste and see how good God is, so that you can walk into your predestined purpose in the promises that God has spoken over your life. They're waiting to see the sons and daughters of God to come to full recognition of who they are and the authority that they carry in Christ Jesus. The entire world is waiting with outstretched necks for you to walk in your purpose, to put down the pleasures of the flesh and to walk in the spirit. The purpose of God is for the the bride of Christ, men and women, Christ-like Christians to walk in the spirit so that what happens in the spirit may manifest in the physical. That's what the world is waiting for, you to walk in your purpose in Christ Jesus, to walk in a place of refuge in God, so deep, so strong, so extravagant, that it just, the word of God flows from you as you walk out your purpose in life. And I'm well aware that some of y'all watching this tonight, or listening to this tonight, today, whenever you're going to hear it, You feel like you don't have a purpose. Well, I'm here tonight to break off that lie in the name of Jesus. Your purpose is to follow Christ Jesus. And don't worry about the details. He will work them out. It's not your job to worry about where your calling is, what you're supposed to be doing, who you're supposed to be running with, what type of ministry you're supposed to build. It's about learning to live in his presence. All those things that I spoke about just become second nature of what you do after you realize who you are, and more importantly, whose you are. You are the sons and daughters of Yahweh, and the world is waiting with outstretched necks for you to be revealed, for the glory of God to be revealed. So what are you going to do with that? I guess it's my challenge on my birthday is to challenge you. My wish is that you would dissect, dive in, listen to those two scriptures, and I want you to establish a relationship with Christ Jesus tonight. It's pretty simple. All you got to do is give him your life. It's not about the prayer. It's about the posture of your heart. It's about the way that you position your heart in front of the Father. That I'm broken, I'm displeased, I'm disreputable. I'm, you know, I I am of the flesh, but through Christ Jesus, I have been redeemed. Coming to that knowledge. That while I was still in my sin, Christ died for me. I don't care what this sin is. Sin has no reign over my king. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad you think you are, how far you've missed it, how far out of bounds you feel like you are. And I do not care. That's the enemy lying to you, trying to keep you there, telling you that your sin is bigger than God's grace. Your sin is not bigger than God's grace. I think that that needs to be broken off some people tonight. What you've experienced in life, what you've done does not define you. You are not defined by what you've done. You are defined by what he did for you. Calvary's calling out to your name. The hill of Calvary, the blood of Jesus is calling out. Will you answer? That blood that was shed on that cross on Calvary's hill was enough. It was enough for you to come to the knowledge of who you are and for the world to get what they're waiting for. The world's not going to get what they're waiting for if you don't come to the knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus. I want to pray for you tonight. God, I thank you for 40 years on this amazing earth. And if if you grant me 40 more, Jesus, I'll take it. But I'm not interested in building something in the next 40 years that doesn't reflect your light and your love to the lost and broken. I need you, Jesus. And I know that everything else will take care of itself, but I need you. I need your provision. I need your promise. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need your grace. And I need you with me. I'm thankful and I'm excited for the next however many years you decide for me to walk this earth. And God, it's my, it's my greatest desire that people will come to the knowledge of who you are by the way that I walk. That the world will get what they're waiting for without stretched necks by the way that I walk. God, I pray for anybody tonight who's second-guessing their worth, that's second-guessing where they belong in life, that's second-guessing their, their life in general, that, that they would come to the knowledge of who you are and that they would repent of their sins, and that they would um, allow you to nail every sin on that cross so that they'd become one with you. Thank you for being an amazing Father. Thank you for loving the way that you do. Thank you for giving provision. And I just bless every person that would hear this podcast or that would see this podcast in the mighty name of King Jesus. Amen. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that you were blessed tonight. I will be on again very, very soon. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and tell people about Fan the Flame podcast. Be blessed.